0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's baruch with today's lesson
1: the bible makes it very clear that sin cannot be ignored but sin must be dealt with take out your bibles and look with me to Sefer vayikra that is the book of leviticus and chapter 4. We're going to begin, God willing, this chapter now. And next week, God willing, we will complete it. And we've been talking over the last several weeks about offerings first at the tabernacle, and then those same offerings continued when the temple was established. Today, there is no altar, there is no tabernacle or temple. And part of that has to do with the one who earned eternal forgiveness for us, Messiah. But we can study some of what the Bible says concerning that temple service and learn more about him in order that we can come to appreciate what he has done in our behalf. So again, with that said, look with me to Leviticus chapter 4, we're going to be talking about a sacrifice in light of sin and a particular sin now realize that that the day of atonement was for all sin and we know that redemption deals with all sin but this is not the case for what we're studying tonight so verse 1 of chapter 4 of the book of leviticus verse 1 and the Lord spoke to Moses saying verse 2 Speak to the children of Israel saying a soul this means an individual a person a soul that will sin and here's what's important we have that term bishgaga now we have to turn to the sources of Judaism to understand this word when we look at uh, simply the text, we don't know what it means. But when we look to others for assistance, the sages of old, we learn this bishgagah is an act without intent. Now, it doesn't mean that it's an accident and that no one's accountable. These things just happen. That does not exist in Judaism. What we're talking about is one who is accountable but he did something without intent he did not do it for the purpose of committing a sin so again what we're talking about in this fourth chapter has to do with not all sins but a sin sacrifice for one who sins by error, by mistake unintentionally and again we could spend a lot of time just talking about examples of what it means to do something unintentionally. But realize there is still an accountability. Verse 2, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, A soul, meaning an individual, that will sin unintentionally from any of the commandments of the Lord, which should not be done. So, there's two types of commandments. The commandments that says what we should do. Mitzvot tase; These are ones that we should do. Here, we're talking about those. Mitzvot lo' Those commandments that we shall not do. So, there's commandments to do. There's commandments that we don't do. For example, do Shabbat do honor your parents do as we talked about love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength but do not steal do not bear false witness do not uh, lie and therefore this is one of the commandments that has to do with thou shall not so the negative commandments do not do so if one by unintentional happening that they transgress one of the commandments of the lord that one should not do and he does it from one of of these what should happen well there's a requirement and we're going to talk about what that is look if you would to verse three now here it's talking about if one should do it but in verse three there's a change in verse 3 we're talking about a priest that that does such a sin there's something that we shall not do and he does it look at verse 3. if the priest if the priests what priest? the one who is anointed if he should sin if he will sin it says for the guilt of the people now what we see is something very important a principle the priest's actions affects the people that is can be a positive thing as in the case of our great high priest messiah yeshua what he did that was right affected all of us he suffered the consequence of sin not his sin but your sin and my sin and because of that it affected us in a very positive way he purchased for us that forgiveness that redemption but here we're talking about something the opposite the priests he will sin and therefore it brings about the guiltiness of the people so what should happen well notice it says and he will offer up he brings near on account of his sin uh what he he has sinned so he brings a a sin offering on account of his sin and what does he bring a bull because he's a priest there is a greater punishment there is a more significant a more costly sacrifice so he brings a bull The son of uh, uh, cattle that has to be blameless without spot or blemish unto the Lord. And he does it once more for a sin offering. So what we're talking about is a sin offering. He sins. And because of that sin, it must be dealt with. What's a fundamental principle? You cannot let sin be unintended or unattended excuse me you cannot allow sin to be unattended here's a priest does it but he brings guilt upon all the people sin must be dealt with now a few weeks ago we mentioned Achan. remember he took from those things that should have been totally dedicated to the lord and it affected adversely the people So sin, the reason why sin is so problematic, my sin just doesn't affect me. It can affect my family. It can affect others. It can go way beyond me and cause others great sadness and sorrow and despair and hardship. That's why sin must be dealt with. One must attend to it. Look at verse 4. And he will bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting. This is another word. We've talked about this in the previous weeks. The Ohel Moed, the tent of meeting, is also known as the Mishkan, the tabernacle. So he will bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of the meeting before the Lord. And what does he do? Vesemach et yado. He lays. He will lay his hand upon the head of the bull, and he'll do something. Verse, verse four at the end, it says, "Ve shachat." He will slaughter. Now, just not killing. Yes, the bull dies. Yes, it's a killing, but it's just not killing. But it's doing it in a specific way. He must slaughter it properly. So he will slaughter the bull before the lord verse 5 and he will take who will take hakohen the priest the priest that is anointed he will take from the blood of the bull and he will bring it to once more the tent of meeting and he will dip who's he the priest he will dip his finger into the blood and he will sprinkle this is casting the blood he will will sprinkle from the blood seven times before the Lord seven is a number of purpose he does it seven times because he wants the purpose of God and the holiness of the people to be renewed so we deal with sin in order that there can be restoration that there can be a spiritual renewal if not that sin that is unattended that sin will spread it will fester it will be like cancer that goes throughout the body and brings about death sin is foundational in regard to death the reason why there's death is because sin entered into the world verse verse six again it says that the priests shall dip his finger into the blood and sprinkle from the blood seven times before the lord and then he does this before the veil this is the parochet the veil of the holy place now we know something there's a holy place and a most holy place meaning the holy of holies and the holy of holies and the holy place was separated by what's called a parochet a veil We all know about the veil that was torn when Messiah died upon that cross. And that tearing of the veil gives us access. But notice here, the veil is not torn, it's not affected, it does not give us access, but it teaches us principles about sin. First and foremost, we must deal with our sin. And sin is dealt with through blood, and sin brings about death when it says that he slaughters that bull that bull has to die so all of this is being seen verse verse 7 and the priest shall set from the blood upon the horns of the altar and what does he do a incense of of fragrances Now, this is spices, an incense of spices before the Lord, which is at the tent of the meeting. So as he does this, there's going to be the the offering of the the spices of the incense offering. And it says, this is with all the blood of the bull, which he, this blood, the remaining part of the blood, he shall uh, pour it upon the foundation of the burnt offering altar now this is the same word Some will say the elevation offering altar it's what we're talking about it's that one altar and we find here that he does this on the foundation of this elevation altar which is at the entrance of the tent of the meeting now everything's being told to us in a very specific way all of this is happening at the entrance because what we should be seeking is entrance into God's presence but the problem is sin and the only way that we can experience God's presence is if that sin is dealt with properly and as we begin our worship service the only way ultimately for sin to be dealt with properly and eternally is with the blood of of messiah not the blood of bulls and goats and sheeps but with the blood of the son of god look with me to to verse eight now this is going to sound familiar we saw this with the peace offering last week where it says verse eight and all the fat this is the choice part of the the bull of the sin offering He shall lift up, that's probably in an idiom form, which means he shall remove from it the the fat that covers the entrails, that inner part of the animal, the inner organs, and also the fat or that choice part which is upon the entrails. And also look at verse 9, the two kidneys and the fat which is upon them, which is upon the flank, literally flanks, And the appendix, and this is that uh, lobe, that additional uh, appendix from the, the liver, which is upon the kidneys, he shall remove it. So all of this is the same thing we studied last week. Certain things are removed, taken away before it is dealt with as that sin offering. Certain things are not offered up unto the Lord. Look now, if you would, to verse 10. Just as was removed from the ox in regard to the sacrifice of the peace, the peace offering, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar. What offer? Altar? The uh, uh, burnt offering altar and it also tells us look at verse 11 and the skin of the bull and all of its flesh upon its head and its legs and its entrails its inner organs and it's dung. so any of the excrement that that was became visible or within the animal that was put to death all that dung also has to be dealt with and how do you deal with that look at verse 12 and he will bring all the bull to the outside of the camp so we don't deal with this now inside the camp but outside why this is what's forbidden this is what's going to be to be an example of god's judgment it says to a pure place to the place where the ashes were were poured out. Verse 12, the second part, and he shall burn it upon the trees with fire, meaning upon the wood with fire, at the place where the ashes were poured out, he shall burn it. Now, what I want you to see is this. There is that which is... Offered to God upon the altar, but there's also that which is brought out, and we see here an example of judgment. Those things are being burned, oftentimes, fire relates to God's judgment, they are being consumed. So, what's the principle? Well, in an offering, there is that which is given to God, there is still that which is given to the people, the priest, and there is that which is utterly consumed as a judgment as a testimony a sign of judgment so these sacrifices they come within the context of worship these sacrifices are pleasing to god we saw that last week they can be a blessing to the priests but there's also that element that brings about a total burning up a removal in its entirety of these things which are forbidden now look if you would to verse 13. and if all the congregation of israel shall err—that that is do something unintentionally now the something is obviously the context something sinful now how is it that all the congregation at the same time does something wrong well how it's understood in Judaism is that the Sanhedrin errs so the Sanhedrin that represents the people they make decisions and they have erred or someone on part of the Sanhedrin a Sanhedrin member errs and this again is going to have effect on all the people and in this case as well a wrong judgment a wrong understanding a wrong decision in other words or a wrong behavior on someone who's a member of the sanhedrin it too has to be dealt with it too has to be dealt with in a proper way and that's what we're going to learn look at verse 13 and if all the congregation of israel shall err, meaning make a sin unintentionally and it says this this matter is uh hidden from the eyes of the congregation so the congregation doesn't know about this error but nevertheless it does it needs to be dealt with now this is another important principle and that's this have you ever sinned and you looked to the right to the left no one saw it there was no real harm yes it's wrong you disobeyed god but no one was injured no one suffered no one saw it so can we just forget it no harm no no sin absolutely not god knows everything as it says in psalm 94 the one who plants the ear meaning position it's in the right place he too hears so god knows the thoughts of man he knows when we sin even if we sin in our mind and all sin hear this all sin must be dealt with it must not be ignored so if there's this sin even one that's unintentional and what we're talking about is always unintentional not by there's a term mazid mazid to sin willfully rebelliously with intent i know it's wrong but i do it anyway we're not talking about sin sacrifice for those types of sin are there yes there are but not in this section this is one who sins unintentionally here again we could spend much time talking about what is an unintentional sin This has to do with uh, uh, things related to you're still accountable, but it was not your personal desire to carry this out. But you're still responsible. Look at the text. It says, and this matter was hidden from the eyes of the congregation. No one knows. Still, it must be dealt with. And they did one, meaning they violated, they did something unintentionally, but it was wrong in regard to one of the commandments of the Lord, which again it says, Lo te asena, one that you ought not do. So they violated a thou shall not. God says, You shall not do this, but but someone did, a member of the Sanhedrin, or the Sanhedrin itself. And what happens? It says, and they are guilty. And the they has to do with all of Israel. Now, in one sense, what we're being taught is we're in it together. No man is an island. When one one part of the body hurts, all of the body hurts. This is the principle that's being taught here. Look at verse fourteen. And. It was made known the sin which they sinned concerning it so it was hidden for a while but now it was made known what should happen they shall offer up who the kahal the congregation this assembly they shall offer up the congregation a bull the son of cattle meaning that type a bull for a sin offering and they shall bring it before the tent of the meeting and very similar but instead of just one priest dealing with it because it's the sanhedrin this is the explanation that who is there very unique it says the elders of the congregation they shall set their hands upon the head of the bull before the lord this is unique Because normally, it's only the priests, but here it's the elders that are doing it. Why? They represent the people. This is a very unique sacrifice. That's why we're studying. That's why God reveals it early on in the book of Leviticus. And then it says, look again, let's go back to verse 15. The elders of the congregation." shall set their hands upon the head of the burnt offering before the lord and same thing and he shall slaughter the bull before the lord now usually even though it represents the people the elders there's going to be one priest that is appointed to slaughter this animal verse 16 the same one it says the priest that's anointed and by the way, the word anointed is ha Mashiach, the priest, the one that's anointed. So the priest, the one who is anointed, will bring from the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting. And he's going to do the same thing that we saw earlier. Look at verse 17. He's going to dip, that is, the priest is going to dip his finger from the blood and he will sprinkle. Seven times before the Lord, and as well before the veil of what? Well, it simply says before the veil. Now, the word Kodesh isn't there for the holy place. But from the fact that we've read it earlier, we are understanding it's the same place. The same thing is done. And it shows us something, and that is this that because the parochet is mentioned it doesn't split it's not torn it's in whole it shows us that the sin sacrifice at the tabernacle and then the sin sacrifices that took place even at the temple it did not change the situation of humanity it did not change the situation for the children of israel why That veil was intact. It didn't give them access to God. It simply taught a principle. It reminded them, based upon what we read, there's still a separation. What's the purpose of this? Very simply, to look forward to the Redeemer, the one that can, in fact, see, when you read this, you're waiting for the temple veil to be opened up. So we, sinful people, but redeemed people now, where God does not remember our sin, we can go before him, and as it says in Hebrews chapter 4, and find help in those times of need. Look, if you would, to verse 18. And from the blood he will set it upon the horns of the altar, which is before the Lord, which is at the tent of the meeting, And all the blood he shall pour upon the foundation of the elevation altar. That is the altar for the burnt offering, which is at the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And why is it there? Very simply, because it shows us that we cannot approach God in our natural condition because we are sinful and it's only with a sacrifice that we can begin to draw near to God but even in this case we don't experience him because we cannot go and the priest who served no one can go on the other side of the parochet, that veil he does so only one time of year and that is the day of atonement but again he only secures atonement not redemption look now to verse 19 very familiar and all of its fat meaning the choice part of this sacrifice he shall remove from it that is he lifts it up from it and what does he do he will burn it on the altar verse 21 and he shall make the the bull just as he did with the bull of the sin sacrifice so what we've been told about that bull and what to do with it and i'm going back now to verse 11 and you can read that because that's what he does now with this same same carcass thus he shall does to it for what purpose a lamb hakohen The priest shall make atonement for them. And it will be forgiven them. So they secure forgiveness. And that's good. But it still does not bring about an eternal relationship with God. God is still separate from the people. They can worship Him. They can experience Him to a certain degree. But it's not full redemption. And what we should glean from this is as we go through the tabernacle service and then later on the same thing in the temple, it should cause us to look for a change, something different. And that is that priest who has been anointed, but not under the Levitical anointing, not that call of the Levitical law, but rather the law of melchizedek who's going to have a ministry that continues for eternity. That is a kingdom ministry. Well, let's look at one more verse and we'll conclude verse 21. And he shall bring the bull outside of the camp and he shall burn it just as he burned the bull, the first bull in the first sin sacrifice. That we spoke of and then it concludes with the phrase which means a sin sacrifice of the congregation is it and i want to conclude by saying the more you study about what is said concerning the tabernacle service and it's the same thing in regard to the temple service the more you can appreciate understand and be blessed by understanding what Messiah did and how superior his sacrifice was is and will ever have implications of and here's the phrase that's so important see what we're talking about now anytime that there is a sin that same process must be done it's very repetitive but Messiah sacrifice what do we learn once and for all what does that mean perfectly sufficient it does the job eternally and that's why we should be so thankful well i'll close with that until next week when we move into the second part of chapter four until then may god bless you shalom from israel
0: well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others